Hey, Sean. How you doing, Slash? How how you doing I'm today? Good. Good, good. How are you? I'm good. Congratulations on the new record, man. I've listened to half of it uh, straight through and then bits and pieces of the second half. I got to say I'm really, really impressed. Oh, thank you. I, yeah, I, I'm, I, it seems like people are digging it, which is, you know, it's 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 nice when, when people really appreciate a record that you made. So. Yeah, before we get into the record and the future and the band and all that stuff, uh, you were just here in Atlantic City opening up for our Smith Killer show. I was there, and I'm not going to get into reuniting and all these former bands you're in, but did you know? your former bandmate Scott Weiland was playing across town? I heard something about that, yeah. I was just wondering, because there was rumors that he was actually in the Boardwalk Hall building, but I don't think that was actually true. No, I, I I didn't hear any of that, but I do remember hearing that he was playing close by. Back to the new record, man. We just previewed some of it this morning. Played uh, I played Wicked Stone. I played Bent to Fly. I got to say, two of the standout songs that, I, that I've listened to so far. Oh, cool. We, we actually played Bent to Fly live for the first time last night in this little club in New York called Santos Party House. And uh, and it was it act it, it works really well live. But I mean, all the songs on the record we recorded live, and and you know we they're all meant to be played in front of an audience. So that was the. Uh, that's just the way that it goes, you know. <laughs> no, no, absolutely, man. I, I love it when uh, there's a new record, and I love it. And of course, I want to hear the old, uh, the old songs and some of your GNR tunes and Velvet Revolver tunes. But when I fall in love with a record, I love when uh, some of those deeper cuts actually get played. Yeah, well, Wicked Stone's going to get into the set pretty early on. We've got some shows uh, coming up in Los Angeles at a you know a famous clubs, uh, the Troubadour and the Roxy and the Whiskey. So we're going to we're gonna put Wicked Stone in the set. We're going to do a song called Automatic Overdrive and, uh, and Bent to Fly to start. And then we're doing another song called 30 Years to Life, and we're doing a song called uh, Stone Blind as well, and then World on Fire. So. I also have written down here 30 Years to Life, another one that, uh, that definitely uh, piqued my interest. Uh, I got to ask you, uh, you know, after all these years, solo records, working with bands, and does the riff come first, or do you get a lyric, say, from someone that's writing the lyrics, and then you go with a riff? How's that all work out after all these years? There's no real set rule for that. You know, in the different bands that I've, I've been in, there's, there's uh, different ways that it happens. But with Miles and I, it usually starts with uh, a guitar part, a riff or whatever, and I'll play it for him. Like, we have a new thing that we were just working on yesterday. And it started with a riff, and I get some ideas for a chorus, and I'll play it for him, see if he's into it. And he starts coming up with melodies, and then we just start to work on an arrangement. So really, really, when it comes down to it, it starts with a riff, yeah. Now, I talked to you a couple years ago, and you were playing here with Miles and support the uh, the last record. And uh, I asked you, and I'll ask you this again now that it's been a couple years later, is it still nice, and hopefully Miles is still is still a great guy and great to work with, working with a sane lead singer? Yeah, no, he's great. <laughs> I mean, uh, Miles, Miles was definitely, you know, a, a breath of fresh air, you know, considering um, he's so easy to work with and he's such a hard worker and his personality is such that he'll he'll never change. You know, he's, he's always going to be a very down to earth, easygoing guy. Man, how was it uh, playing with Aerosmith? I know you guys have toured or at least you have toured with Aerosmith in the uh, the past years, like catching up with those guys. Yeah, it was great. I, I got to say, probably one of the best touring experiences in recent memory. You know, and and just seeing those guys work every night. I mean, they just they have such an identifiable sound. You know, it's like, and they're very stripped down. They don't have a lot of bells and whistles in their set. They just, you know, in their show, they just go up there and they just jam. And you know, it's it's it was inspiring for us. And I think, you know, in a lot of ways, it made us better. 
you know, playing with them for the last couple of months. Do you look back at, you know, there, there's a band, and, and of course in the early 80s, a couple of the members left, but they got back together, but it's been like 40 years, and they're, they're all five original members. Do you ever think, like, why couldn't that have happened with, like, say, GNR or even Velvet Revolver? Or what do you think the dynamic keeps those guys together? Uh, well, I mean, they're, you know, everybody, every band that has, uh, difference, you know, differences. They all have. Every band has different issues. Um, so, so you know, with Aerosmith, even though they did split up, it was over a lot of really silly stuff, you know, and and they they got back together and they still have their problems, but they just sort of managed to to push it to the side and 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 continue on. You know, with, with Velvet Revolver, it's not really an issue. It was just Scott. It was just one of those things where. Uh, his sort of problems are just insurmountable. We just couldn't continue on. Mm-hmm. And then with 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 uh, with guns, it's a whole other can of worms. You know, um, every everybody every band is different. I know that Miles is going to be doing some shows with with the Alter Bridge. What's that like juggling the uh, Slash tour, the the Alter Bridge tour? And do you get bored or antsy when he's off doing the other band? No, because what I we we have a pretty a pretty good system worked out where like he's going to go do some shows with we you know we worked the stuff out in advance so he's going to do the ultra bridge stuff i'm going to go to uh australia and uh japan and do some promo over there and then we get back uh we tour through november and then he goes out and tours with ultra bridge in the end of december and january and so during that time like i start working on new songs with brent and todd and whatever and then we we reconvene and we tour from February through August or September. And then while while we're doing that, uh, Mark Trevani's working on new material for the uh, next Alter Bridge record so that when we get done, Miles will go back, do the Alter Bridge record, go out on the road with them, and I'll be working on new material for, for our stuff, Bearders, while he's gone. And then we just, we just work it out that way. The only catch is that Miles never gets any time off. I know, he he's a busy it, man. He that way. Yeah. He's a he's yeah, a very a busy man. Life. Total workaholic. <laughs> just make it easy. He should just you know what? He's a young guy. You just have Slash and Alter Bridge tour together. You can just do a double set. We, we've <laughs> joked about that. A couple times. <laughs> but the way he sings, man, he gives it all every night. I don't know how how good that would be actually. Yeah, I mean he he does give it all every night, and he's got a, he's pretty disciplined about taking care of his voice and and doing all that. But I, you know, there's 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 certain walls that you hit. Like we don't we try not to do three nights in a row mm-hmm. if we can. And I think trying to do two shows in one night every night for however many months might might just be the the straw that broke the camel's back. <laughs> oh, nice man. A buddy of mine asked me uh, to ask you this. He wanted to uh, he wanted to know, and now I, I kind of lost the question here. I'm not sure where it was. Uh, so so uh, I, I, you did give a little bit of uh, the itinerary. So when does Slash with Miles Kennedy and Conspirators hit the road again? Because I know you just wrapped up with Aerosmith. We'll be coming through in the U.S. again. Um, I think it's either. April or April or May. Okay. So a little ways away, but we just, you know, we just came through there. So, yeah, we have to do a bunch of international stuff before we come back to the States. You know what? I, I did find the question here, uh, and I think I know the answer to this, but uh, was, was, was Miles... Improv, then. There you go. <laughs> uh, was My, Miles ever uh, consideration for Velvet Revolver, or is that something you want to keep separate with your solo band and stuff? Well, the funny thing about that was that's how I knew who... That's how I first heard of Miles. When we were auditioning singers back in i guess it was 2002 or something like that before uh we ended up working with scott uh matt sorum and said there's this guy named miles kennedy he's great call him up see if he's interested so i called miles and i talked to him on the phone 
and uh, and he was totally interested. And I we put together like a four or five song uh, CD with a bunch of instrumental demos, and we sent it to him. And he's like, "Oh yeah, this is great." And I'll put some vocals on. I'll send it back, and we never heard from him again. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and then you know, fast forward to like 2008, and after Scott. And his name came up again. I still haven't heard this guy sing at that point. At this point, and so so uh, I called him up, and and he was in Alter Bridge then, so he didn't mm-hmm. want to commit to anything else. And I thought that's very commendable, and uh, moved on. And then when I was doing the solo record, he had been uh, recruited for Led Zeppelin to uh, maybe do a tour with them. Yeah. And and I heard that, and I thought this guy's got to be good. And I was making the solo record with all the singers, so I called him up and said, "Hey, I'm doing this record with different vocalists. Would you be interested in singing a song?" And still having never heard him sing or having met the guy, I sent him the music and put a vocal on and sent it back, and it was a song called Starlight. It just sparked everything. Slash, my pleasure. World on fire in stores now, man. Thanks for taking some time. All right, man, Sean. Have a good one, and we'll see you soon.